it's happening. It's happening. This is episode six of Left World. Um, assuming I can count. Uh, yeah, it's episode six, and I'm Angelica. Hi, Angelica. Let's go. <laughs> so it's been a while. Um, what have you been up to, Matt? What have I been up to? Um, I just got back from driving 2,000 miles across the country and back. Well, like a thousand miles into the country and then back. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I was west of the Missouri for a hot minute. And uh, now I'm back east of the Hudson. How does it feel? Well, I got a cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't envy you that. But America, you know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> so where'd you go? I stopped in Cleveland for just for a night. Then I was in uh, Indianapolis. I stopped for lunch at this place called John's Famous Stew, which for $8, I got this giant plate of stew that I could hardly finish. Uh, real legit. And there were only like five other people in there because it was a uh, Saturday. And then uh, I drove on to St. Louis. And I hung out there for a couple days. Yeah, I saw some very cool Snapchats. What were you doing? You know, mostly I was drinking beer. <laughs> uh, not going to lie. Not what I intended to do in St. Louis, but it turns out there's really good beer in St. Louis, which goes figure it's a big brewing town, Anheuser-Busch and all. Uh, but there's some really amazing craft breweries there. Uh, unfortunately, the Arch is closed for renovations. What? So even though it's closed, you still have to go through a security checkpoint to get into the gift shop, uh, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. You have to take off your belt and everything. Oh, wow. Well, that's a post 9-11 world, though, because I went when I was a kid many times, and we never had to take anything off or put anything in the metal detector. Yes. Well, and of course, as, as we know, uh, metal detectors are really more about making us feel uh, policed than they are about uh, keeping us safe. Even at the St. Louis Arch. That's a goddamn tragedy. Did you get any fool's gold? No. That's what I remember most about the St. Louis Arch is that in the little gift shop, you can get fool's gold. I don't remember that. Uh, they had a lot of uh, weird arch knickknacks, and they had fudge made in the store. They were making fudge. It smelled really good, mm. but I resisted. Okay. Uh, I also went to a number of museums, which was which was fun, and they were all free, which was really cool. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, it made me wonder if they're socialists out there. <laughs> I mean, maybe they are. You hung out with some socialists there, right? Or or was that somewhere else? No, I thought about it. I thought about going to the St. Louis uh, DSA meeting, but I didn't. Uh, and then I, when I drove back, I stopped in. Um, Cincinnati, and uh, I stayed with my uncle, which was weird, pretty weird, uh, for reasons I don't necessarily want to get into. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, he sits he drinks vodka on the rocks, which I respect the hell out of, and he uh, his entertainment in the evening is watching the raccoons come and eat food that he's set out. Raccoons! Holy shit! Yeah. Interesting yeah. 
creature to like latch onto. Okay. Well, they started coming. There was a bunch of them. Some of them scuffled a little. Uh, it was pretty interesting, and we had a nice, <laughs> uh, a nice conversation. And he'd be like, "Look, there's for there's some raccoons." Uh, and then I drove on. I stopped in Columbus for some Cincinnati chili, which is a food I do not recommend. Okay. Do not eat this food. Um, I, a lot of respect for all these uh, weird regional working class crap foods. We have our own, like here in town in in Troy, New York. It's the uh, the little tiny hot dogs that are like two and a half inches long, piled with like Greek chili on top of them. Cincinnati chili is likewise uh, like a Greek chili, but it's served over uh, pasta mm. and piled with uh, shredded cheddar cheese. Okay. Kind of a strange, uh, strange thing. And in St. Louis, they have this thing called the slinger, which is like uh, similar to a garbage plate that you can get in Rochester. And it's like all your breakfast foods like a hamburger patty, hash browns, eggs, and they put a bunch of chili right on top of it. Was that one good? Uh, yeah, I was, that's good. It's good. This, this Cincinnati chili is all right, too. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> okay, okay. I can't, like, in good conscience recommend it, but, like, it's an all right thing I, I understand it and it's super cheap you know it's like a, a really filling plate of food that's oh, okay super cheap to make super easy right uh and it, what's weird about it is that there's this chain of diners that are really boring and have this like suburban middle class thing going on almost like going to a friendlies oh yeah okay but all they have is like the Cincinnati chili and what they call uh, conies, which are hot dogs with the chili and, and cheddar cheese on top. Mm-hmm. Like, and the mini hot dogs, much much like uh, up here in the Northeast. But that's like all they have. And that's it. Oh. <laughs> but so, you're sitting okay. in a place that's like a friendlies. Do you only have five options? Really. <laughs> yeah, very strange. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. I think they also have fries and salad. Greek salad. Whew, yeah. It was a it was a good trip. Now I'm home. I stopped in Buffalo as well. Used to live in Buffalo. Buffalo is a cool town. Drank some local beers there. And I brought home all my souvenirs. Souvenirs are beer and stuff from the uh, the Goodwill outlet that I went to in St. Louis, which was pretty great. Oh, nice. Yeah, and thrifting. It's good. Good times. Well, it sounds like you had a good adventure across, you know, the Midwest. <laughs> great. The great yeah. rust belt. <laughs> uh, it's a really boring drive. Uh, gas is super cheap out west, I noticed. And it's was most expensive in Pennsylvania. I guess they have a new gas tax there that, like, added 20 cents a gallon. So shout out to Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are they going to use the 20 cents for? That is a good question. That's what I want to know, man. Like, is there are they going to get fucking single payer or something out there? Like, what's going on? Ooh. 20, 20 Ooh. cents That's more. That's a good question. Huh? Shit. Oh, when I was in Pittsburgh, I had dinner in a restaurant that uh, caught fire, which was fun. Whoa, while uh, you were in it? Meal out of that. 
Yeah, it was mostly confined to like the back patio, apparently. Oh, but yeah, shit. we were we were sitting, waiting. Uh, we were in the middle of a meal, and it was actually very convenient because I had a, a burrito, and so I just they were like, <laughs> "You just took it on the road." <laughs> fire. I just took it outside and uh, ate it, and then we uh, hung around. My friends there, I guess, are regulars, so they didn't want to just like uh, they want to check with the manager before they they just didn't pay. Oh uh, right, right. <laughs> and the manager was cool with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone else paid. But it, it was really amazing because we're sitting there and uh, this uh, server comes over to a table near us and says something to them. And they all get up and leave through like a side door. And <laughs> the table immediately next to us, uh, they're sort of looking at each other. And they're like, did that? Did she just say to them that there's a fire in the building? And and then they left. And we're looking and it's like, is that, that's really weird that they just went out that door. And then like a minute later... Sure enough, there's a fireman who's like, uh, there is a fire in the building. Everyone has to leave right now. I mean, like, oh, I guess because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to, like, yell that there's a fire. But, I mean, if there is a fire, like, aren't you allowed to yell that there's a fire? Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, that's, that's kind of um, scary. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no one seemed frightened. It was very chill, actually. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Almost too chill. Like, I understand how these things go from, like, zero to 60 real quick in, in actual, uh, you know, like, if that was bad, then, like, suddenly, like, wait, is something wrong? Right, to, yeah. Like, people are just oh, like, shit, hmm. now we're trapped real quick. Yeah, exactly. Well, is Pittsburgh one of those cities that's, like, burned to the ground before? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know anything about Pittsburgh, really. I just know that every guy that I ever talk to loves it. <laughs> I probably have, like, six guy friends who are like, we should move to Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm thinking you know, about I think it. you might I'm be one of them. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're one of them. Got a few others. James, definitely. Um. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a cool town. Uh, you know, it's starting to get gentrified really rapidly. Uh Uber is testing driverless cars there. Yeah, is Google there too, which right? I think, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, has some rapidly gentrifying neighborhoods because of all the tech money now. But uh, it's cool. I like the hills. The river is, the rivers are like garbage. But. Oh, like the uh, Hudson? Or worse. Uh, worse. Oh wow. Worse because uh, the way my friends put it is, well, you know, they, you know, Pete Seeger hasn't been out here singing about the Allegheny. Damn. There's no, no river keeper there that I'm aware of. Mm. And I don't know if there's. I presume they're still active. They're more active industrial waterways in a way that the, the Hudson um, isn't. Mm. I mean, it, it's the Hudson is still an active industrial waterway, but. Not, uh, not entirely. Mm. Yeah. So it was a fun, a fun trip. Sounds like it. It's so funny to know that just like three hours away from where I am, there's so much fun and excitement in St. Louis <laughs> and honestly in Memphis too. I'm like, damn. Are you that close? Central. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Arkansas is like not a very large state at all. Um, it's like kind of buttressed against uh, Mississippi, Tennessee, and um, 
Oklahoma and Missouri. So it's kind of got all those little edges touching it. Um, and it's just, you know, it's maybe six hour drive, seven hour drive from top to bottom. Ah, yeah, that's still pretty substantial. Yeah. Uh, I, I was told that M- Missouri touches more states than any other state. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, me too. Because there's just so many. I mean, I guess it would have to because it's like <laughs> it's in the center of a lot of states. So that makes sense. I should talk about the weather, too, because the weather was pretty weird on this trip. Uh, when I got to St. Louis, it was, um, it was I don't know, maybe in the high 50s or low 60s because it was already in the evening. The next day, it was like in the 80s. <laughs> and then by the time I was leaving, it was like back in the low 50s. And then like... I mean, there's still snow on the ground where I am now, uh, granted. But there was, like, no snow on the ground uh, left in Buffalo except in big piles. It was, like, in the 50s when I got to Buffalo, and in Pittsburgh it had been, like, in the 70s. And it, it's, it's really weird to be going from, like, like all those different extremes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons I got uh, I got cold. And not just from, like, sleeping on my friend's couch but also that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised that I don't have a cold, given the, <laughs> the temperature fluctuations. Yeah. Yeah, it's still... Uh, it was so warm in St. Louis. That city is going to be uninhabitable in the summer in, like, 10 years, because it's just going to be too hot and humid. Uh, and I imagine that's a lot of places. I didn't think that... Like, I wasn't there, I guess it was a little humid, but it was pleasant. And I was like, is it, is it humid here? Is it dry? And they're like, oh yeah, it's, it's humid, it's swampy. Like, yuck. (laughs) Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things they, they stop mentioning about the South, you know, is that they, and the Midwest is the fucking humidity and just the, the swampy feeling that you have for, you know, three to four months out of the year until it just becomes unbearably hot and you just stay inside and, you know, sit in the AC all day because there's no no sense in going outside or go to the river, I guess. Yeah. Combine that with uh, with climate change, and I can't imagine how, like, that weather will kill you. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it kind of is, it, it, it's definitely going to become, I think, at some point, like, you know, Paris in the middle of the summer, where people just keep, just die of heat exhaustion. Oof. You know, it's like, that's, I think that's the path that we're going on. Because the weather here was the same way. It was like 30 degrees when I first came here in Arkansas and then it just became like 80 degrees and I'm like oh okay like I don't have clothes for well I have clothes for 80 degrees but I don't have clothes for 30 degrees so I just wore all my clothes at the same time it makes it so hard to pack yeah packing to pack for like eight different weathers right well that's a joy but then you get to go to the thrift store right and then you get an excuse to get some new things or well new to you things true um but, you know, you got to, like, wash that shit, especially from the outlet. Oh, uh, good point. Good point. But if you're staying with a friend, uh, maybe they yeah. have a washer-dryer. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Can you... Wait. Let's go back. Can you unpack why you say especially from the outlet? Oh, because at the outlet, 
Have you have you ever been to one of these uh, no. Goodwill outlets? No, I have not. Oh, they're I need amazing. To know. Yeah. So uh, there's just bins of stuff, and it's sold by the pound. Oh shit. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. so you dig through, <laughs> like if if you've seen the video from Macklemore's thrift shop, I was just thinking of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like that. So you're in basically this giant, you know, room, big ass room, and there's people digging through shit, um, and uh, the people who would like had experience with it you would see they would like find a sheet or something out of the bins and cover up their other stuff their stuff because people <laughs> will like pick that's awesome your shit yeah uh yeah uh there was one person i saw going through all the books which i was kind of bummed about and she was actually like scanning them with her phone to see if they were like worth anything she's like scanning the barcodes oh uh and she had like three carts full and i still found a couple cool weird books the books were sold by the inch so they would like line them up on a rack and it was like, uh, I, I don't know, 30 cents an inch or something. And then it was like 90 cents a pound for everything else. So you would like take your books or if you had like uh, like housewares, like plates and stuff, mm-hmm. they would weigh that separately as well. Uh, and you put, they, you put your cart on a scale and they're like, all right, you got uh, eight pounds of stuff. Uh, that's like 10 bucks. I paid 10 bucks for... Uh, I found a matching set of throw pillows and a, uh, a little plush hamburger, which is now sitting uh, next to me on a bookcase. <laughs> and, uh, Adorable. yeah, uh, I don't know how I'm going to wash these throw pillows. Uh, and, and I found some cool, weird, uh, jackets and pants and stuff, but, uh, it's all thrown in these bins. So it's like, you know, people are handling them. A lot of people wear gloves to pick through stuff because you don't know what's oh. going to be in this bin. Hmm. Um, yeah. And sometimes there'll be like clothes mixed in with like housewares or like there could be, you know, broken glass somewhere <laughs> in the middle of that bin that's otherwise full of clothes. So. Oh shit. Yeah. Cause it's clearly just been dumped. So it's amazing, but uh, yeah, take some good, good picking. It would have been interesting to also go to like a regular thrift store st louis but uh i didn't have the time yeah i'm sure they have great stuff i remember once i was in uh columbus and maybe i can't remember if you were there or not uh, but we went to this thrift store and uh, a friend found these awesome like owl bookends to give me <laughs> and i was like these are fucking amazing but it was just like the perfect thing that came out of somebody's like you know it came out of like an estate or something um and you just can't like i don't know it's just kind of nice to find the special things you can only find in a certain place like a kind of midwestern city is gonna have like the quality housewares at least for the thrift store yeah america's all right yeah yeah Oh, also, um, this is this is reminding me, yeah, so speaking of sort of the Midwest and South, um, I recently learned about this podcast um, that I thought was pretty cool um, that I'm sure that, you know, we would love to check out, everyone would love to check out that's listening to this. I think it's called, um, yeah, it's called Rockin' with, South, with the South Lawn, and it's quite good. People should check it out. It's about, like, 
it's about politics basically but I don't know it just made me think about it um, thinking about sort of the this good special things that the Midwest has to offer that <laughs> that we can't get anywhere else this is a podcast yeah it's a podcast I think I listened to the first episode of that they have very smart things to say speaking of smart things to say <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk about our favorite topic well at least your favorite topic and I also like it um, John Wick <laughs> John Wick John Wick 2, you know. All things Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I mean, it's you're not alone in at least the love of Keanu Reeves. I share that. Um, although you might be you might be deeper into it than I am. I did finally see Knock Knock, though. I, I did finally know. see Knock Knock, and I did like it. I haven't seen that. I think you might be deeper in than me. Me? Yeah. You think? How yeah, I, I, I don't know what... I don't even know what knock knock is. What I thought you told me about knock knock. Maybe I'm just I don't now I'm just oh, confused. Is that the, the one with the ads with it's where it's like knock knock? Dude, the really <laughs> like it's a horror movie but with the dumbest Wait a possible minute. Now I feel thing? now I feel like I might be like I don't know like am I traveling through time because I really I really was convinced that you told me about knock knock and that that's the only way I found out about it and now and now you're saying you don't even know what it is. Damn. Yeah. Wow. That's not, I mean, this is really weird. I have, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was you, but I guess not. You didn't, this, it's a movie where Keanu Reeves is like at his house and some ladies come to his door and no, it's nothing like, and he lets them in and then like all no. sorts of terror ensues. Wow. I feel bad no, now because now I feel like looks, I'm one of those uh, people where I'm like, hmm, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder who did tell me about oh it. Oh my God. Erotic horror thriller film by Eli Roth. Yes, Eli Roth, the hero who created <laughs> Hostel, the greatest I film ever made. I have not seen this. Oh my god! Wow. Um, okay. Wow. Now I feel kind of bad because I'm like, oh, I wonder who I'm confusing you with right now. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't well, know. Okay. I, mean, I, I love. Interesting. I I like Keanu Reeves a lot, but he's been in some stinkers. Got some uh, so yeah, uh, which also on the Keanu Reeves note, they're they're remaking the Matrix. Oh, I know. Which um, really bad mm, idea. We're gonna have to do an episode about the Matrix, I think, because the Matrix is amazing. I think so too, and I feel like I have a lot, a lot of, of like random factoids about the Matrix that I think would be fun to talk about, <laughs> which I'm stealing from yeah. another friend of mine who is obsessed with the Matrix. Um, but I'm not, so maybe maybe I am deeper into Keanu Reeves than you because I definitely like, yeah, I've I've probably seen every movie that Keanu Reeves is in, so never mind. We should just like rename this <laughs> podcast like uh, it should just be about Keanu Reeves. I that know. would be we could do, yeah like in depth. <laughs> my own private Keanu. Keanu. That's what we could call film. it. We could call it my own private Keanu. <laughs> Come on, like it's it's the fucking shit writes itself, man. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to episode one of my own private Keanu, <laughs> where we talk about John Wick two, John Wick chapter two. Excuse me. Um. um. <laughs> Yeah, John Wick Chapter 2, which I, I think also this is a film which we can talk about and not worry about spoilers, partially because it's been out for a while, also because they don't matter. 
Exactly. It's not about the plot. It's about <laughs> it's about just your love of John Wick and your love of fighting and shooting people. And that's why you come to that yeah. movie. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, worth saying that uh, a bunch of the ads actually had a spoiler in them. Uh, there were all these ads with uh, Lawrence Fishburne in them. Mm. And where he was saying, somebody please get this man a gun. <laughs> uh, and that's actually right. a, a fairly significant spoiler of a particular <laughs> moment in the film. Because but, it, if you know that he says that, there's no tension in that scene. Right. But I th- I mean, for me, it didn't ruin it at all. Because um, I feel like, and I'm sure that, that that's part of why he's in the movie, is because what they really wanted to do is make you get excited because Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne are back together. Um, yeah. Uh, which I was super excited for. And <laughs> and the fact that they were on a rooftop, I was like, awesome. Like, you get, you've got me uh-huh. from uh-huh. the beginning to the end of all of their interactions. <laughs> I was... I yes. was sold. Yes, and it's an underground. From it goes from the underground to the rooftop uh, with that sequence. So it's very much like within. Uh, he enters into that world through the subway, right? Right. Uh, and that's. It's very much. Uh, <laughs> it seems like an intentional callback. To, yeah, to uh, the, Matrix. the Matrix. It's so good. I love. Yeah, I love that part. Um, but I think we should maybe do a little, uh, a little overview of, <laughs> of John Wick Chapter Two, um, which I think the headline, yeah, so- the tagline of it could be, John Wick Chapter Two. This time, it's less personal. Um, because it's really not, (laughs) it's really not about like the kinds of things that we got in John Wick, the first John Wick. Um, we just, you just don't get in this one. Like basically in the first, what, like five minutes of the movie, he's avenged both Willem Dafoe and his car and he asked for a truce. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, okay. Like, where are we going to go from here? Um, since that basically they're like, let's close the, let's close the book on the previous movie and let's open up this like alternate ridiculous world that we're super excited to take you into. And I was super excited to go. So I'm not mad. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to open the film because I felt like that story actually didn't need that much, uh, closure, but he, I guess he got the car back. I thought, yeah, I thought that was a little over the top, uh, because he, like, r- destroys the car. Yeah. <laughs> as he's... Okay. Um, but... Uh, uh, who, who plays uh, th- that, that guy? He's one of my favorite actors. Um, oh. Mm. I do not remember his name. But the brother. Oh, the guy so who plays the brother of the... Bro- the, uh, the Peter Stromer. Yeah. The mob boss guy. Peter Stromer, who's, uh, he's the guy in the, uh, the VW ads, right? <laughs> I don't see a lot of ads. I'm on the internet too much. I don't okay, know. there were these ads maybe 10 years ago. So he's in Fargo, uh, yeah. and, uh, apparently he's in, in Prison Break for a while. Um, whoa, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Apparently there's a section for his music career. Uh, apparently he made an album in 2002. Oh, is it good? Is it in English? I don't know. <laughs> like... I don't know. You, so Bono encouraged him to make it. it oh. It's definitely not in English because it's it's titled uh, Dollar Poisa, Dollar Pulsa Ok Schmarfalgar. Oh, that sounds amazing. 
but I'm pretty sure he's the guy who was in the VW ads where the ones they were like on pimp the auto. Uh, oh. The V-Dub series of television commercials, which I thought were, were pretty great mm-hmm. and worth, oh my God, they're 11 years old now. Yeah, I'll have to check it out because I definitely don't remember them if I did see them. <laughs> but 11 years yeah. ago, I was very online as well. So I definitely, there's a chance I didn't see it because um, I didn't watch a lot of TV yeah. back then. Yeah, he's one of these actors who's had a, he's been in a, lo- a lot of great little character parts. Mm-hmm. Uh he was in um, Minority Report as the sleazy, unlicensed eye doctor. Yes, Ooh. that he was phenomenal he was in, in that. Uh, the Lost World. Yeah. And he's in the Frogger episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic. Anyway, uh, John Wick 2. Um, so he resolves this, this plot ruins his car but clearly like the man of honor like and he he like wants out right he like has a toast with uh abram uh tarazov played by peter stromere and then goes back home right and it feel and you're like okay like they've closed that door now we're about to check out something new and they definitely give you something new (laughs) definitely i i personally um I don't know what I kind of thought the the driving force of the plot was going to be um, for this movie, but I guess I didn't. I didn't. Th- I mean, I guess I knew it had to be something about like a debt that was not yet repaid. Um, but I mm-hmm. didn't expect that we were gonna <laughs> that, that they were going to blow up his house. You know, um, I just didn't see that coming at all. Um, I, I mean, it's one thing yeah. to like kind of obliterate, right? Like, I think that's part of it is like, they've already, you know, he's already lost everything that matters to him. So they have to like obliterate the final thing that he cares about. Um, right. Uh, but right. <laughs> it was very heavy handed. Exactly. It was very heavy handed, but they certainly, you know, they successfully got him out of, I guess, his, uh, his previous mindset and back into, um, being John Wick a hundred percent of the time, um, which is what we got for most of the movie. Which was quite, which was quite nice. It was almost like a first-person shooter, but in movie form. Yeah, um, it's actually an interesting choice uh, that that's the thing they do because they blow up his house, and then it's it seems like they're just going to leave him there and leave him for dead, and he could have just, like in theory, he could have just disappeared. Yeah, but he's he's a guy who holds a grudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no way he was going anywhere. Uh, although knowing the uh, now that we're in the position of like, well, do we understand all the mythology of this film? It's like, well, John, like in choosing to go after these people, what did you think was going to happen? And he has to do all these things that he's like miserable about, like he doesn't want to do. So it seems like, like he could have just disappeared Right. It could have been like, I'm dead now. Yeah, you blew up my house. I'm dead. Let so me is figure my out new a dog. Way. Yeah, I'm getting out of town. Yeah, let me figure out that way. But of course, that would that would be a very different movie. Uh, although maybe in, in some ways a more interesting movie. Um, and I, I think that because uh, we're almost at that point by the end of the film. Like, well, then what does. Right, right. Not, not to uh, jump ahead, but like then, 
Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Because he, and I he think... ends. Yeah. Go, go ahead. He, he just ends. digs himself a bigger hole. Yeah. Yeah, through the, the course of this this film, he like mm. gets his revenge, but in doing so, digs himself a bigger hole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting because they they basically like took all of the. Like, I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I'll just say that at the front. But <laughs> I feel like they kind of took all of the interesting stuff out of the movie. Or they just didn't, like, kind of make it possible for that stuff to get explored. Um, and, like, it's like, they did a lot of hinting at, like, relationships that he had with different people. Um, but mm-hmm. you didn't kind of get to get to really know the depth of those relationships at all. Um, for the sake right. of having, like, more fight scenes or more, um, you know, shooting scenes. Which, like, again, like, yeah, definitely, I'm here for an explosion. Um, but I was just sort of, I was just sort of left feeling like, well, I wish I knew a little more about this person before they died. Or I wish I knew a right. little, you know, like, I wish I had a little more information, even about the um, the the sort of main villain um, who is, who he's, like, fighting against. Um, throughout the whole movie as he has to like fulfill his marker which is basically like kind of like I guess uh, basically a blood oath essentially there's like a little you have to cut your finger when you agree to it Um, and it just kind of means that you owe a favor forever and like until you fulfill it you you owe that favor and you have to do it because that's like part of their code um, which again is like an important part of the mythology of the movies is that they have like the assassins all kind of have a code that they all operate by um, right. so he has to deal with that, but I just wish I like knew a little more about, about that guy. I wish I knew a little more about his sister, um, who is the target of, um, basically that's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it almost mm-hmm. seems like, you know, um, like she's the target of that particular marker, but it almost seems like she's an afterthought in the movie itself. Like we kind of get the idea that she's a complete badass, um, and, but you don't really get to, <laughs> you don't really get to understand it. Um, cause you only get maybe like seven ten minutes of her actually like talking um in the film um even though she's the target um which which basically she's the target because she's a part of this um sort of like a council basically um and if she dies then her whoever's her like next in line inherits the seat and it's her brother um so that's kind of the basic like point of the movie but i just wish that we could have gotten a little more from either one of them yeah and it seems to be someone who's uh very well respected uh but like yeah there's a lot of those things where we're like thrown and we sort of see the relationship but we only get a taste of the relationship like uh clearly uh, keanu is old buddies with common right but we have no idea why we just like have the relationship <laughs> and i i appreciate that but I, I think it could have gotten you know a little more we we do get a little more with like lawrence fishburne lawrence fishburne has a great story he tells his character about meeting uh meeting keanu reeves right which i thought of isn't lawrence fishburne older than keanu reeves that was the the weird part of the story for me um i mean i would assume so keanu reeves is 52 um he uh, certainly lawrence looks older in this role so it it was weird because it implied that like well keanu reeves is this yeah, he's a little you know, older, fifty-five. Very well-established guy. When okay, so so yeah. they're they're peers. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean that's that's another feature of the yeah. movie is that Keanu Reeves looks damn good. <laughs> so yeah, so that uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's something that you kind of can't ignore because you. I think that yeah, this it gets a little messed up when he looks like so much younger than everyone else he's interacting with, and but he's actually not. Yeah. 
um, their peers or yeah. younger. I, I would say the, uh, the 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 main villain I think is much younger than him. Yes, yes, and uh, Ruby Rose also much younger. Yeah. Right, and I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll save I'll save that part. But yeah, I'd love to talk about Ruby Rose and the uh, and and the the young man's assassin villains that he has <laughs> the, uh, his little yeah. team of assassins. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here for John wick, but I, I felt like they took the mythology in a direction, which was largely less interesting. Yeah. I mean, but I will say that I, I, I enjoyed that they got a little deeper into the like anarcho-capitalist like ethic of all the assassins. <laughs> just like, I can't like the whole, the whole, uh, the hotel situation, you get like way more information about what's going on at the hotel than you did in the previous John Wick movie. And I'm guessing partially because mm-hmm. they just kind of want to explain things because they need to, because they like didn't want to get into the relationship. So they're like, how can we offer more content without having to do any more dialogue and by all Mm -hmm. means it's by revealing to you all the services of the hotel um i just couldn't like i was just i was just kind of taken aback by um by sort of the you know their basic like single-payer healthcare system and uh you know where you just kind of go in and you're like okay i need to get i need some help i need to get sewn up you know i'm just gonna go ask at the counter um you know i need a bunch of guns i'm just gonna go ask at the counter um uh, which i think is amazing um, and, and... and the yeah there were a few spots where like when you needed things you would go to like a vendor but they're vendors who are like part of the society and you have the coins and like everyone knows the, yeah. like, the secret currency uh that gets you extra access it gets the you know the secret the tactical linings of his suits the, right <laughs> The yeah, bulletproof like fast built in. <laughs> like, what's the purpose and of this the, suit? Uh, Tactical. Yeah, that, that was that was phenomenal. Yeah, it's almost like a company yeah. script, basically. Like they have kind of a huge company, and every you have to use these coins to make purchases, and everyone honors it, but it's only honored within the like closed system of all these all these uh, connected vendors. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Which makes it very weird that like they accept payment. In, like, do they cash them out? Like the ve- Vendor, but that's like why I'm saying it's like selling the guns. Script, <laughs> yeah, then what? What a good is it to you, right? You, yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking about that a lot last night, actually. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like I was thinking, like, yeah, is there a place where you go cash it out for actual cash? Like, how do you, you know, how do you exchange goods and services like outside of this little system? Because um, you can't use those yeah. coins everywhere else. Um, so I wonder, like, is there, yeah. you know, is there, like, a construction company inside of it? You know, is there, like, all these different things? <laughs> um, because I, like, I I laughed aloud when um, when John Wick first gets to Italy, it gets to Rome, and the, and the person who's in charge of the hotel there asks him if he's there to kill the Pope. And I was like, actually, now, like, that, that I think is the best, like, analogy to their system is, like, the Catholic system of control over Italy um, in the past, you know? <laughs> like, where it's just, like, yeah. everything is interlaced within this system and, like, every service you might need is under the umbrella already. And I was like, oh, huh, that's kind of funny. Um, but Yeah, that was, my, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie as well. It was just purely fun. <laughs> Although, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I kind of wish he said yes, but, you know, it's okay. 
Yeah. Like, he might that. not have let him stay there, though. Because <laughs> he seemed like a good Catholic. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm a good Catholic, man. I can't, I can't, in good conscience, let you kill the Pope without trying to stop you. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's, you know, all these, these crime lords who have their own secret economy and, and their own territories, which they've divvied up. Very much some sort of weird... Uh, weird capitalist oligarchy. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting because it seemed like it seemed like almost everything else was agreed upon, but then, <laughs> but then you sort of are like revealed that they have this this like non democratic council that runs everything and yeah. makes all their agreements for them. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. It seemed yeah, like and, they and work together to have... on shit. <laughs> Yeah, and it seemed to not have, like, a relation to, like, the actual power dynamics in, in play with, with some of these different groups. That it was just like, well, here's the system, and it's, like, old, and so that's the system. Like, we, like, this sort of thing that, like, maybe, you know, came out of some treaty, you know, 600 years ago, and they just, like, keep it up, because that's, well, you know, it's what we got. It's what we agreed to. We, <laughs> Does that remind you of anything? We agreed to it, and if we went off it, there would be chaos. <laughs> Yeah, sounds a lot like society at large. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. we we did we did uh, sign on to that, so we have to stick with yeah. it. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, because usually, like, when there's that sort of council, it's you know a way of of neutralizing and what would otherwise be a war or something, right? Or like some sort of uh, sort of conflict. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I got the anarcho-capitalist thing from because it feels like they're sort of enforcing like the exi the existence of that council is to sort of enforce the non-aggression principle that they all hold, you know, like where where yeah. they're just like okay, like we're gonna agree that when we're in this particular place we don't do any business, like we're gonna you know we have a system where we can share what jobs are available. Um, but it just, you know, the only, and we have access to all these vendors, but the only way to make that function is for there to be some kind of body that, like, enforces the existence of all those things. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I'm sure they didn't get that deep with it, but, you know, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Here yeah, on. there's all those, those rules. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, like, the, the councils in, like, like, the Blade movies. There's this ruling mm -hmm. council. Yeah. The vampires. That's, a, that's something else we should do an episode on. Blade is a uh, fucking amazing movie. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, weird. Uh, the, the system, like, the gendered labor within this thing, too, like, the was really weird to me, which I thought was kind of a disappointment. Like, there was this, uh, like, this clerical system that seemed to be out of the 50s. <laughs> um, right. With... All, uh, with uh, vacuum tubes to move pieces of information and, and typewriters and like telegrams, but then going out like plugged into the somebody's modem and getting sent out uh, like a wire service. But everyone who works in that part of the system is a woman with a lot of tattoos. Yeah, heavily tattooed women like are, some, the, are the secretaries. Of yeah, it was like yeah. a psychobilly fantasy. Uh, very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do, I do agree. That was, uh, that was a disappointing bit about it. And I mean, that was, I think they showed that a little bit in the last one, but it was just kind of like, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, the hit, when they put the hit when he put the hit out on John Wick in the other one. Yeah, uh, it it does seem like it's a critique of these things, though, right? Like John Wick is within this system, but it's clearly fucked up for all these ways. And here's this weird bullshit mythology that John Wick, even though he's clearly uh, justified and like getting fucked in all of these things, mm. like nevertheless uh, bumps up against it. Like it's a uh, the the film as much as it creates all this really weird mythology, it it seems like a critique of it. I mean, I think yeah, I think maybe yeah, I think there maybe is a little bit yeah, exactly. I think there maybe is like a a, a little bit of it is tongue in cheek and a little bit of it is is sort of earnest um, in trying to create the the world that they think that they think w- could exist in this in this scenario. Um, but I mean, I think it was kind of, it was nice that there were like at least a few, uh, you know, like women who were a part of the, the actual, you know, general force of the plot. Um, but they didn't have like a huge role or anything like that. But, um, you know, I think like Ruby Rose, yeah, like Ruby Rose and even the, the sister, um, who sort of got her little, she got her sort of intense scene in the bathtub, um, when, uh, oh, when yeah, John Wick was, that was great. with her and stuff. Yeah. So she, you know, they, they got a little bit of, of, you know, kind of uh, opportunities to emote and talk, and talk about themselves. But yeah, it was definitely, uh, outdated with the, with the whole secretary room <laughs> that, that was, that I don't know why it exists and why they were so heavily tattooed. Like they just didn't, I just, I want to know a little more about, about the origins of the secretary, um, system that they have. If anybody wants to write some fan fiction, I'll read it. Nice. I'm sure there will be uh, some novelizations and comics you could look forward to. Yeah, I hope so. So, Claudia Girini as Gianna D'Antonio, as the, the sister of the the guy who um, Wick made this blood oak with mm-hmm. and his, his target. Um, but it's like quite a, quite a glowing portrayal of her in, in some ways, because it's, uh, there's this idea of like how, like, well, you can't kill her. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, she's a much more competent, uh, person who has, I don't know, some, I don't know. I want to say sense of like fairness or something compared to, uh, yeah, there's, there's all this insinuation, uh, about, like how a competent crime lord she is compared to what a scumbag her brother right, is. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and as, yeah. Uh, yeah, as uh, Matt Crispin, I think, tweeted that you could read uh, the best way to read John Wick, the John Wick series, as an indictment of, uh, of inherited wealth and fail sons. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's, that's great, because it... Ex- <laughs> it's kind of like Assad, right? Like how Assad is just accidentally in charge of Syria, you know? Like, it's like this guy is just like mm-hmm. trying to get his way in, but actually there's a much more competent person in the way that could have been in charge. But instead, like, right. you know, by fate or by, you know, uh, greed or just sort of <laughs> fail sons doing what they do best. Boom, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what a weird... It's a weird movie. 
<laughs> I th- um, I mean it was very uh yeah I don't know it was it was kind of like surreal a little bit like so especially her scene like uh G- whatever Gianna D'Antonio um yeah that whole scene with her it was almost like I don't know it felt like kind of a vampire movie scene or something like I was just like holy shit totally like totally. she's just so yeah there's just she's so stark against the dark background and then her, uh, you know, her her act of valor at the end, <laughs> where she, you know, ends her own life so as not to, you know, I guess just because she wants to go out on her own terms, um, which is honorable in their world, in their system, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. Her uh, her death is um, is is in some ways like uh, she says she's going to go out on her own own terms, basically, right? And so she does the same thing. Uh, or make, has a similar move to Willem Dafoe in the first film, uh, but it is very much vampire. It does feel like a vampire movie, and I think that scene is uh, is actually some of the was the like the most had the most dramatic tension out of any scene in the film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was I, as I was watching that scene, that was kind of the only time that I was wondering um, how it was going to end up. Uh, whereas every other yeah. scene, you you know exactly where it's going, um, yeah, and you know how it's even gonna at conclude. the the final scene in the hotel. Yeah, I agree. With with uh, Santino and John, yeah, which is facing too bad. off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of wish that he hadn't killed him, um, but just because then we could have John Wick three. Um, but you know, <laughs> but oh, I there's going to be a John Wick three. You think? Oh, totally. Oh, okay. Well, then everything's fine. Oh, totally. Because I was like, damn, he's yeah. really going to divest from the whole system, and then we're not going to get any more John Wicks, and I, you know, I just, I need more Keanu in my life, and I feel like he's only going to be in John Wicks from now on. Like, <laughs> it seems like he's, uh, he's not the old Keanu we once knew, you know? Now he's just like, he's basically B-movie Keanu now, which is fine with me, and I'm okay with it, <laughs> and I'll keep yeah. watching him. Yeah, and I heard that, uh, uh... Sam Jackson wants to be in John Wick 3. Oh, shit. That would be amazing. That's what John Wick was missing. (laughs) It was missing, like, a charismatic black dude. Because they had, like, the, the the, like, uh, concierge. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, which actually, he ended up kind of having, like, a cute little personality. Um, which they didn't reveal to you in the other movie, <laughs> but in this yeah, yeah, one yeah. it was kind of great. Like he took, you know, like the he has this really cute affinity with the dog. Um, but you know, I could, like it, it needed a little bit more and <laughs> okay. a little bit more so, diversity. I guess I guess we got Lawrence Fishburne too. Um, now r- remind me if if I'm correct, but isn't the um, isn't the concierge at the Continental in Rome a black woman? The concierge? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. He didn't really interact with her that much if she was. Um, yeah, it was brief, but I, like, sort of clocked clocked it, if I remember right. Um, thinking, like, that seems odd that it's just, like, like, it made it much more racialized. I thought that, like, why... What, especially in Italy. Uh, oh wait, are you saying that? Wait, I just <laughs> I did not notice that if that was the case actually, because I, I I had no idea. Yeah, 
Yeah, that does um, kind of. I mean, I, that would be kind of a bummer if that were the case. <laughs> but in the same way that, like, well, all the secretaries are like, you know, the people doing all this clerical work are like 1950s tattooed housewives. Uh, like, why is why is the guy? Why are the concierge all black? I hope I'm not wrong about this. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I, if it, there, yeah, it also, totally went I over mean, my there head. There was common. So, yeah. <laughs> common. Common is such friend. a bad actor. I don't even. I don't even like to think about common sometimes when I'm thinking about movies. Ooh. I was okay. Like I am okay with him being in movies, but like nobody is ever going to tell me that he's a good actor because it's just not true. <laughs> like it's just it's okay. not true. He just kind of it's. I mean, he's got so much presence. Like he kind of pops off the screen. But he's not really emoting all that much. Like he's not really giving a lot. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not. I can't get with Common in movies. Like I've, I've seen him at this point in like all the movies he's been in, and even including like you know the Made for BET type movie. And I just can't. I just, <laughs> I just um. feel like he's just talking. Like he's just like, I loved her. Okay. Like this is so. <laughs> Ooh. Like it just—he doesn't give me anything. I mean, or do you? Do you like Common in movies? Do you like him in John Wick? I, I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. No, I, I, no. He, I mean, I thought it was fine. I can't. I, I don't know. Something about him. He just—it almost seems. Maybe it's because of how he looks, but he almost—he reminds me kind of like a Barbie doll or something. I guess a Ken doll is more accurate. Um, mm. and so I just, mm-hmm. it's hard. And I think he would need to like work a lot harder to show emotions when he's doing something. And he just doesn't seem like he does, you know, <laughs> like he's just like, nah, I kind of don't need to. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, <laughs> like, that's, yeah, it's fine by me, but I'm not going to pretend like it's good or enjoyable. Like, I mean, like obviously common is, you know, he, he should stay in his lane, which is, is <laughs> as a musician, that is quite good. Um, Cassie. You know, he should he should just keep doing that, you know, like <laughs> he really found his home and uh, I think he should probably stay there. Although I think it is kind of funny that he keeps being in movies where he's like an assassin or something. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, other than that, I can't I can't get with him. I don't did you see Selma? Mhm. And do you remember him in Selma? Uh He's unmemorable in his role. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like yeah. I yeah 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 I can't uh, I, uh, that's you know. a weird what about uh, what about Hell on Wheels I think that might be like the only exception but I think only because that's such an ensemble show that like okay. it, it works you know what I mean like it's there's enough of everyone else there to make it okay but, <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah I can't I, Interesting. I just he's just what I can't I just can't get on board <laughs> Just cannot get on board, but I'm you know I'm happy for him that he's in John Wick, and I'm happy, I'm happy for him that he's in movies, um, and you know yeah. I'm, and I'm rooting for him, but I just he just doesn't he doesn't really express to me um, in any way when he's in a movie. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's fine, mm. but you know he doesn't emote. All right, fine. But yes, he, uh, he is black though. So to get to your point, <laughs> yes, there he was in the movie. So um, Lance Reddick as the the concierge. So I, I learned this when I was like on, on the IMDb IMDb page, mm-hmm. or maybe it was in the end credits. And I was like, he has a name, and it's Sharon. Are you fucking kidding me? 
Like he's the the gatekeeper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't guy. know. <laughs> he's the fairy man of Hades. Why he has that name? Yeah, I didn't even notice that they have names like that though. I didn't like I didn't even pick up on that until looking at the IMDb page as well. That there's like Ares yeah. and like whatever. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even well, yeah, because most of them like, don't get used in the film. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, you get Winston. I think right, the manager. Right, I think right, he right. He's called Winston at one point, but mostly he's the manager, and you have like the concierge. And I'm not sure they do in the first movie. Uh, I think he might just be the concierge. Um, yeah. Oh, but speaking yeah, of, of common, so we, in the, the scene when he gets defeated mm-hmm. by John Wick, he does the this like this move, uh, which Lawrence Fishburne's character talks about is the Bowery King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bowery King. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's ever referred, if he, you ever hear that, him called that in the movie either. Um, but Lawrence Fishburne tells this story about how he was like, I can kill you, like, you can do whatever and I'll kill you, or like, you can peace out. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and he does the same. He like stabs. He gets common like in a, a major artery, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, I can pull this out, or I can leave you here, and you can go to the hospital. Yeah. And like this, the professional courtesy thing keeps coming up. But I, <laughs> I, it makes me think about like, well, John Wick. He's also he's always like actually like thinking about his fellow worker or like we're just all like we're all just dudes doing our fucking jobs and i don't actually want to kill you i'm just trying to get through the day and make my coin mm. my, my weird um <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to earn my coin. i'm just trying to earn my uh company script out here my company script also weird that like they're always whole coins because you think like in a system like that they'd be like at some point broken down into like pieces of eight or something <laughs> or like quarters yeah it's not like, clear the denomination of the coins yeah it's it's completely unclear. no there seemed to be only yeah. one very odd but they might say actually now that you just now that you brought into my into my like vision that lance reddick's character has like a special name now i'm like looking at the ca- at the cast list and i'm just like i have so many questions because they really <laughs> They really went for it, you know, and I think it's not it's not worth getting into now. But uh, there's there basically there's a, a lot of Shakespearean characters here um, that that you just wouldn't even notice when you're actually watching the movie because they don't bring it up at all. Um, and then you're like, oh, OK, maybe there's something there. There's something to be uh, yeah. paid attention to another layer to get, mm. you know, to deepen the complexity of the film. <laughs> yeah, or not. But yes, I think you're right that uh, that that it seems like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of we're all just doing our job here, guys, kind of vibe going on um, throughout, which is which you know kind of feeds into yeah. I think your your thoughts on the film, but not for Common because Common is like you killed my you know you killed my ward. Yes, my 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 liege. Gianna, I'm gonna. <laughs> Very weird. It's very medieval. 
Right. But I think that's them, like, kind of lazily trying to remind you that it's a medieval system, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like for him to call her his ward, it's like, is this fucking, like, what is going on? Like, are we in, like, the 18th century? Um, yes. We are not, you know? <laughs> but, but, uh, but I guess that's, that's what they're trying to do, you know? That they, that they do hold on to these kind of, like, age-old customs. But I really just am curious as to, like, what he means by that, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, so she's like older than him. Um, so it's not like he was like trust entrusted with her care or something. He's the chief bodyguard hitman. Yeah. For her though. Like the right. way Ruby Rose is for, uh, Santini. Santino. Is it Santini? Santino. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I agree, but I just feel like the use of the word ward is like so strange and kind of like infantilizing. Like, why is he? Yeah. Like, how is that? How is she his ward? Like, she's his boss for sure, um, and a lot yeah. of other people's yeah. bosses. But I don't know if I would say, you know, I guess he like, and I and I think it's also not true to say he's like entrusted with her care. I feel like he's paid to do that. Um, right. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe I could. I could be wrong. But. I, but uh, I no. feel like he's I mean, clocking in, and he probably is shit. like in love in love with her or some shit like that. Like it's not clear what their relationship is, um, but they clearly have a close one. Whatever it is, but yeah, the blood. Oath, but the blood oath is like you could do that between you and anyone else who you want to like make a blood oath with. Apparently, um, right. Even folks that you don't seem to like very much. Yeah, I'd also say that that scene, uh, the whole Keanu Reeves going to kill uh, Gianna sequence a little too much a little too much first person shooter <laughs> yeah i kind of felt like i was inside of a video game for that one um, yeah but i mean honestly like i will say we didn't mention it yet gianna throws a hell of a party like that party yeah. was fucking awesome like i was like yo i wish i was at that party instead of at this movie right now like you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the movie but i'm like yo i want to go to that party yeah no wonder he's like I can't kill Gianna. She throws an incredible party. Yeah, we're going to lose the fucking best partier in the the whole, like, assassin network. Like, man, I bet you Santino doesn't throw parties like that. He probably just fucking, I don't know, just has has private private dinner parties. He wouldn't have, like, an awesome electronica, like, DJ, and everyone's on fucking LSD and, and ecstasy and shit. Like, come on. That looked awesome. Also, there's, like, the, uh, it looks like, like they were in some some part of Africa, like there was the African crime lord who was like, fuck you, Gianna. And she was like, no, I'm just going to take your shit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so that's, uh, we had a little like lesson in imperialism while we were at it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think he was Nigerian. Um, but yeah, there was, (laughs) there was a lot, there was a lot going on with that, with the, with, with her interaction with that guy. I was like, oh, okay. Like we're doing that. Like, Good for you. Good for you, movie. You yeah, know, you're trying to, trying to be critical in some form. Um, yeah. And then, of course, later, uh, Keanu, uh, John Wick, one of the arguments he makes to, to Lawrence Fishburne is like, well, you know, Santino, he's going to come for New York. Yeah, he's going to take over New York. <laughs> Let's fuck him up. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that guy to come here. and I, But I just love because Lawrence Fishburne's like, dude, I don't give a shit about that. You know, which I think is like, he's like, I'll fuck that guy up. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't, he's not taking my shit. <laughs> like, he's like, he might take your shit, but he will not be touching my shit <laughs> by any means. And I'm like, yo, yeah. facts, my man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. 
Um, yeah, that was great. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, I so you wanted to say something about Ruby Rose. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Go. Yeah. Ruby Rose. Um, I mean, I think it was kind of weird that they made her deaf. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like that's that she's not, and <laughs> I was confused. Well, they made her mute. It. It's unclear if she's deaf. Oh, good point. Well, no, she signs though, and I think she reads lips. Isn't that isn't that uh, what's happening? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe well, you're she right. Signs, she's just mute. But I thought I don't she know was... if people have to sign to her. She seems to pick up on on a lot of. Uh, I don't know. She seems to pick up. Oh on yeah. Stuff that, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Good that point. People say it, it's it's unclear because we don't know. All we well, know because is, John uh, signs to her, so I just assume that that means she can't hear. You know. Maybe. Or it also just means, like, John knows sign language. Right, right. But he could just talk if she, if he, Also uh, weird, like, why does, do, like, do they both know ASL, right? Because, I mean, they're in Italy, so presumably she's Italian, maybe, but, like. Yeah, I don't think so, because I think it, she was taking orders in English when they were in that museum, no? Well, isn't everything in English? Yeah, but I guess I'm not. I'm not assuming that it's because they're translating it for us. I'm assuming it's because everyone's okay, yeah, speaking English. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I guess that I, that could be happening. But I feel like they make it very obvious when something's being translated, like with the Russian song or whatever language that is, the song, um, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is Russian because I have no idea. Um, like they they put the subtitles and shit. So I don't know. I'm just presu- I'm just <laughs> I'm presuming a lot about it, but I think I'm I think I'm I think it's correct. But it was I, I thought she I've was seen I thought it was kind of a movie with with Ruby Rose in it before. Me either. That was my first time seeing her in a movie. I've seen her in Orange Is the New Black. Well, the first season of it mm-hmm. or second whatever season she was in. Um, and she I mean She's I like in, her. Triple uh, X: The Return of Xander Cage. I have not seen that. <laughs> yeah, me <too. laughs> I somehow missed that one. Um, but, you know, it's on maybe my list because like, I love Vin Diesel, so I'll probably check it out at some point. Maybe she's, like, a terrible actor, hmm. so they, like, compensate for it by not having her use any words. Um, I don't think so, because in Orange is the New Black, she's pretty good. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. I like her in Orange is the New Black. Um but which which we'll never talk about on this show <laughs> it's never gonna happen um except to say you know current events and whatnot um but yeah ruby rose is, is actually a pretty good actress and um so i don't i have no idea why they went with that um i think it could have been more interesting if they hadn't done that um but i guess i don't know if they were just trying to like highlight that John Wick knows sign language. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure, like, what the point of that device was. Um, because that's all it was. Because she's not actually deaf, so they didn't, you know, they didn't need to do that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I it's really a very can't, comic book can't understand it. Right, right. That she's, like, a villain and she can't, you know, <laughs> whatever. But she it's, seems yeah, like she's it, not really a villain, though. There's kind of, like, a softness to her. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And she's the only, uh, well, in the first film, we have the the woman assassin who breaks the rules of the Continental, mm-hmm. uh, which we learned, which is like shocking, 
because we learned how serious that is in this film that she would do that. Um, well, I mean, we learned it in the last film because <laughs> she, <laughs> she, uh, she was killed for that. Right, right. But like, I, yeah, but it's also, it's weird to me. Like, uh, what did she have? Why? Why? Like, yeah, John like Wick had, like, yeah, some good fucking reasons. Happen. Yeah, no, I agree. To break the rules. And she didn't. So it's a weird, uh, But she seemed like she was kind of like a, like, she didn't really care about her well-being kind of person. Oh. You know, she was kind of just like, fuck it, I'll okay. do what I want, and I don't care where, how, which way yeah. this goes. I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, that's gonna mean you die at some point, but <laughs> I guess you've kind of already agreed to that because you're an assassin, so you're, kinda, you're, you're, you're well on your way. Um, but I, I did, the one thing I liked about the, or I guess like, I don't know if like this is the right word. Um, but one thing I thought was kind of hilarious about the Santino's, uh, team of assassins is that they all look like outright guys from the internet, like for like Richard Spencer style. Like they all were like, they all had oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. undercut and they're like wearing these like tight suits and I'm like, okay, cool. But they also just a look like Italian guys. Um, but you know, except for like Americanized somehow, like with the, yeah, with the beards, they were like really thick you know like very very buff guys and then you have like ruby rose in the mix as well kind of in charge of them yeah all. cool dudes yeah very yeah, very uh, much Santino, so santino's personal personal bodyguard yeah like they look they look much more comfortable if they were wearing like you know a plaid shirt <laughs> but, they're, but they're all in suits with like automatic weapons hmm yeah, there's a lot in this movie that you just can't think too much about. Also, the, uh, if the ending sequence, that the shot in, uh, he starts running out of Central Park, uh, shout out to uh, the building with Apollo Global Headquarters, Apollo Global Management's headquarters in it in the background. Oh, I didn't see that. Call back to uh, episode uh, episode two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's hard to miss. It's just a skyscraper looming over us. Southern Central Park. Yeah, weird, weird movie. I'm curious to see where they go with in the next one. I hope Samuel L. Jackson is in it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I hope Samuel Samuel L. Jackson's in it. I hope Ian McShane is in it. Um, Mm -hmm. Much less of a class warfare film than the first one, I think. But the definitely some good good stuff yeah i agree well uh you want to wrap it up yeah let's wrap it up all right so we just talked a lot about john wick um so we should probably just say goodbye yeah (laughs) yeah thanks for listening like us and review us and tell your friends. Uh, the reviews help other people discover our long form conversations about John Wick. So <laughs> we need you. Yeah. We, we need you to help us yeah, make that happen. It. And yeah, follow us on Twitter at the Left World. Um, and yeah. theleftworld.com takes you to our SoundCloud. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been fun. Peace out. It's been fun. If you want to hear more class analysis of action movies. <laughs> stay tuned write reviews tell your friends yeah, yeah. and stay tuned <laughs> bye. until next time bye